on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Frisella And this is the show for the realists say goodbye to the lies The fakeness and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today we have an awesome full-length episode for you I'm so excited to get to it uh, I've got Dr. Sal in the room. What's going on, everybody? I actually got a message the other day that their friends started listening and they they, they started actually thought you're a doctor. I was a doctor. Yeah, well, you're not a doctor. Well, I don't know. In today's times, I'm still I'm still. Hey, you know I what? That's a good point. As a doctor, you identify as a doctor. That's correct. Yeah, all right. Make sure I am a doctor. Um, and as always, I've got my uh, my handsome co-host here. Hell yeah. Not you, Sal. Hey. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gotcha. Uh, D- Mr. DJ, what's up, dude? White Lightning, Big Reggie, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Diversity. <laughs> dude. Are you a real doctor? No. Oh. <laughs> Not doctor. I concur. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and we have a very special guest uh, that I am super excited to have on the show. You guys might know him from Instagram. You might know him. You might not ever heard of him before, um, but he's an amazing man. Uh, Mr. Jason Wilson, who is the founder and CEO of Union, um, which is a nonprofit organization in Detroit, Michigan, that really focuses on developing uh, the young men uh, coming up in the next generation of society. Uh, Jason has over 14 years of experience in training and developing young men and has effectively reached more than 10,000 youth at the ground level uh, young adults in the Metro Detroit area. The Cave of Adelum Transformational Training Academy, otherwise known as CATA, is a male transformational training academy of the union where boys and young men who are emotionally distressed, mentally disconnected, and spiritually in debt gather here to be taught, uh, trained, and transformed into comprehensive men. And um, Jason is also the author of an incredible book, Cry Like a Man, which explains the dangers men face in our cultural definition of masculinity. Now, dude, welcome to the show, man. Honored to be here. Thanks for having it's me. A, yeah. It's a huge honor to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I was telling you earlier when, when we met, mm-hmm. um, now Jason and I have never met before today, but right. one of the things that caught my attention and that I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about was I came across an incredible clip this is maybe a year ago um, of, a, of a young boy who was, they were doing martial arts. It was Jason and this young boy. And uh, he was crying. He was frustrated. And the way that you handled that young boy, um, I shared it on my story because I just thought it was so amazing and, and such a great example of men leading future men. Yes. And, um, that's an obligation that that I think has been abandoned by society. It's been forgotten by society, and uh, I just wanted to have you on the show, man, and talk about what we because we all know the world's crazy right now, right? <laughs> yes, it is. We can yeah. all agree. We might all have different opinions of how crazy or what crazy or what's going on, uh, and we talk about those things all the time on the show. But today, what I really want to focus on is what do we do about it? Because what we're doing here as men is leaving a, a world that is completely corrupt, completely disorganized, lacks moral standard, lacks the understanding of how to provide and achieve and become actual men. And um, so, dude, I, I just want to say before we even get started, I'm so appreciative of the work that you're doing. And uh, I hope if you guys are listening to this show and, and you have young young people in your house, you know, you start to realize that 
you know, you guys message me a lot and you say, what's the solution? Well, the solution is those young people that you see in your home every single day. And so we, we got to get on board with, with, uh, with helping these guys get to where we need them to be. So absolutely. Thank you. I'm completely honored to be here, Andy, kicking it with Sal and DJ. Um, first and foremost, I'm just blown away by what you guys are doing here. Um, and we have, we just purchased a 15,000 square foot building and just to learn that, you know, I am on the right path as far as, you know, the principles that we're trying to instill in our community, even with our staff. I mean, I'm just really blown away. So I take my hat off to all of you, what you're doing. This is truly amazing. Oh, it is amazing. Um, you're right. You know, Frederick Douglass said, um, it's easier to raise uh, children than it is to repair broken men. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there's truth in that. The problem is that we're leaving men broken. And I'm pretty sure Frederick Douglass, if he was living, he says, I didn't mean to leave men broken. I mean, it's literally, it's just easier to raise boys. Mm -hmm. So we have broken fathers or broken men. I always say a broken man has a broken boy inside. And society doesn't allow us as men to actually operate in the fullness of our humanity. So we're typically confined to masculine attributes with boldness, strength, aggression. But when I saw Sal with his son, I saw a nurturer. I saw someone's compassionate. But we're typically taught to shy away from those attributes because, what well, it looks weak. But unfortunately, because of this mentality, we're suffering mentally. We're suffering in silence. Uh, I call it emotional incarceration. And unfortunately, even though this door, this door to this jail cell is open, we refuse to walk out because of the way society views men. Um, we've allowed, unlike women, we've allowed one adjective to define us, which is masculinity. Women refuse to allow a culture or femininity to define them. They're anything and everything they have to be at any given moment. And that's what we must be as men as well. And so what I do is I give boys, I start young, I give them the opportunity to be human, to express their fears. When a young boy cried on the mat, he couldn't break the board because it was hurting. But it wasn't pain, it was fear. And I told him, when you get older, we don't typically cry over pain. We cry over hurt, disappointment, or feeling like a failure. And that's what little Bruce was dealing with in that moment. But when I gave him the space to breathe, to process what you're feeling, you know, it's okay to cry. We cry as men. To give him that opportunity to be free in that moment, you saw what happened. He was able to gather himself, push through his fear of failure, and break the board. Uh, Dr. William Frey discovered that um, tears from induced from um, tears from emotional stress or trauma actually release stress hormones. So when you tell a boy not to cry, you're basically telling him to cut off his humanity. And then we wonder why, man, we die by suicide three times as likely as women. I believe in the United States, we commit over 70% of the homicides. Nine out of 10 people who live to be over 100 are women. It's very rare you'll see on Facebook or any platform a, a, a man over 100 years old being celebrated for his birthday. Because we, what we identify ourselves by what we do instead of who we are. How hard we can work, working long hours. You know, your accomplishments, this building, my building, what I do for boys. But I learned quickly if I didn't change that, I not only have an early grave, but I would, if I live long, I wouldn't be able to enjoy life. And so when I start allowing myself, first and foremost, stop allowing the world to define me, as soon as the world can define you, your life has been limited. 
So you can't define me. I'm a comprehensive man. I'm anything and everything I have to be at any given moment. I'm strong, but I'm sensitive. I'm courageous, but I'm also compassionate. And the key thing is, men, we don't live from the good in our hearts. We live from the fear of what we'll be perceived as. So for me, now that I'm free from this performance-based lifestyle, I could cry here if I need to. I could be a nurturer. I can help a homeless person. I can do whatever I need to. Uh, it was a couple. What was the? What did the mug say in the coffee? It said oh, alpha, uh, female. alpha female. Yeah. And so the guy, I wanted some coffee. He said you, it was you. Yeah, you I get, said, yeah. DJ said you, you mind caring? You know that's. It says alpha female. I said I know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And I grabbed the coffee mug. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I need I'm coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know who I am, and yeah. unfortunately, you know, Andy. Many of us we don't really know who we are. I mean, until we our fifties. Yeah, we we really. Don't know what we were created to do and why we're here. And that's why many of us, are, our lifestyles are high risk, man. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, think, I think the way social structure is structured right now, men have a very hard time. Um, I definitely focus my work on toughening men up, right? because I feel like there's a lot of softness going around in the world too. And I think there's a good balance. You know, there's a balance of you have to be able to handle what's going on, but you also have to understand that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to, and those are the things that end up making us who we are. Absolutely. Um, I'm interested to hear why you got into this, how, how you found yourself on this path, because what you're doing, man, you were meant to do, mm, yeah. you know, uh, it's very obvious to anybody. What's your Instagram? Uh, Mr. Jason O. Wilson. Yeah. That's my handle through all social media. You guys need to follow him because mm-hmm. the way he does things is is the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, when, when, I, when I picked you up, I almost said, hey, dad. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bond there, man. Like you watch yeah. somebody, I'm like, man, that dude's got it. It's, it's, it's amazing you ask that because um, I had to learn real quickly, man. Um, what my purpose was, why I exist. I caught myself early on um, responding to everyone's call instead of doing what God had called me to do. And because of the pain, what you see now is a result of much adversity and pain. Uh, First, uh, desiring to be loved by my father, um, who was definitely emotionally incarcerated like so many men of his era. I grew up without having that. And so what you see also is a desire, something I longed for. So I basically am living for what I longed for instead of what I lacked. Uh, I remember I was training my son in the basement and he asked me, he says, dad, how did you become a great dad when your dad wasn't? And I think it was your son's age, maybe. And I said, son, I simply gave you what I longed for. And I had never said that before, but literally that's all I became. And so from that desire, I started remembering what I was doing young. So in my community, there was a lot of gangs, you know, and drug dealers. And I never knew why the big drug dealers, we call them OGs or original gangsters, they would drop their sons off to my house because they felt that it was a safe space for their sons to be. And my mother thought, you know, that's juvenile. Why are you hanging with kids five years younger than you? I didn't know. I was like a big brother to them. But God was preparing me for what I'm doing today. 
And when I started the Cave of Adelamite, it was martial arts, hard, just like you, driving discipline, driving mm -hmm. focus. And then I quickly realized when I started seeing the boot camps started falling to the wayside, just crashing and then lawsuits and boys not really transforming, that our boys didn't necessarily need more discipline. They needed more love, especially in the black community because the gold standard was the hyper-masculine black male. And I tried my best to to wear that T-shirt, to wear that that crown, and it, it was a suit that couldn't fit me. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were. You heard the term thug. You know, you a thug. Um, I made an acronym for that. A thug is a traumatized human unable to grieve. And that's when I look at when I go talk to gang members or those who call themselves thugs. They break down in front of me because really what's happening is they're stuck in fight or flight. Majority of us as men are, regardless of your background, because we're told what? To suppress what we feel. So what does that mean? We stay like this. We stay on guard. We can't even get in a heated discussion with our wives without yelling. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that, that was a whole nother game changer for me was that here it is, I'm teaching having emotional stability, but yet my wife was able to drive out something in me that should have never have come out. My wife should never fear um, threatened with me around, arguing with me. She should never feel like, man, I wonder if we keep arguing, where would this go? Right. And But as men, if we don't learn how to release or process what we're feeling, heck, before we get home, now those who deserve our love, our patience and care, they can't get that because we gave that to the world. That's why I respect our conversation, Sal. You let people have it. Who deserve it? Hey, you want you want the lion, you'll get the lion. But I'm not gonna bring the lion home. The lion protects the pride. He doesn't fight and damage the home. And what people don't understand, we want to be these beasts as men. We again, it's promoted in society. The lion sleeps 18 to 20 hours a day. He's in chill mode. So I teach my recruits, I want you to live in the lamb, but when a problem comes, you become the lion. That was something you said in that video that yeah. made that. I think it was in the caption or maybe in that video or another caption yeah. where you were writing about you want to have the lion on call, but that's mm -hmm. not, that should never be your default. If you're lying 24 seven, you're stuck in fight or flight. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be because even love will look like a threat, you know? And I can't tell you how many times, man, my wife said to me, I was just sharing, I love your son and your relationship style because I long to get that back. Cause when your son gets older, he kind of like, man, I'm grown. Dad, I don't need you. Look <laughs> at me. You know, um, I was like, man, I need to spend more time with little Jay. So my wife is sitting across from me in the kitchen. And all she said was, man, I wish you would long to spend time with me like that. What I heard was something else I wasn't doing right. Before I knew it, man, I had hit, put a big dent in our stainless steel refrigerator. And at that moment, we were considered, considering separation because I saw my beautiful wife, literally her confidence, continence, everything just folded and she just sat down. And I said, I never ever would treat you like that again. When I learned how to process my emotions, the key thing in the moment and release them, now she can get the best version of myself. And, and that's what, man, we really, we want to be free. We know it's a facade trying to be tough 24 seven. It's impossible. I tell People, you know, we say to each other, you know, your mom could die, whomever, someone close could pass. And I say, stay strong, Andy. This isn't the time for you to tell me to stay strong. 
I should say, grieve, my brother. Cry. Get this out of you. This is a heavyweight. She was a pillar in your life. She deserves your tears. I mean, be trying to fight their tears at funerals. I'm like, when I hear the eulogy, I linked over to one of my friends whose grandmother passed. Actually, no, I text him. I said, you should be crying right now. This woman was a pillar. She deserved your tears. And that freed him up to grieve. And we all hold it in. And that's what we have to do as fathers. But we can't free our sons until we're free. And I, I, my goal, my, my mission is to teach, train, and transform uninitiated boys into comprehensive men. But I also have a, heart in my, a desire in my heart to truly reconcile the relationship between fathers and sons, to bring them back together where it can be completely whole. Yep. And that's, you know, it is a calling and, you know, I embrace it. Um, there's nothing else I would want to do. Um, nothing motivate Money doesn't motivate me. You know, fame, I, I, you can cut all of this off. It's your work. Yeah, I, I turned yeah. down speaking engagements, Andy. I believe it. Because you got lights, obligations Cut the lights there. off. Yeah, yeah gotta, that's it. That's why I love what you guys do. Yeah. You're still here. Yeah. I told uh, a DJ, we driving. I'm like, they're still in, they're still in St. Louis. When I saw the facility, man, it just, it, it gave me hope because I don't want to abandon my city. Yeah, we don't either. Yeah, we, we talked about this a little yes. earlier. You know, Detroit and St. Louis are very similar. Yes. Um, we have good, good places and nice, nice areas. And then we have the areas that seem to be completely forgotten about. And, um, <clears throat> you know, for us to, when we talk about fixing this country and we talk about the improvements that need to be made and, and, the, and the nonsense that's going on right now, you know, everybody in America has to realize they have a place here and it's hard to bring people who feel like they've been completely forgotten about along for that ride, right? Um, and I'm talking about the black community. Of course. Yes. Yeah, the high crime where you're, you're, you know, it's hard to be motivated about building a business or getting better or moving in the right direction when you're looking over your shoulder to see mm. who's going to shoot you in the back. Mm, yeah. You know, and um, one of the biggest things that, that we talk about here is, is I would love to see our city, you know, sort of like the Phoenix coming from the ashes, you know, and revive and see, you know, some of these wealthy men and some of these wealthy women and business owners here in St. Louis reinvest back into these communities mm -hmm. properly and, and, and then cultivate leadership like what yeah, you're doing yes. up there so that we can get, because like people, people tend to think they're like, oh, well, we just got to put more money in the schools or we got to put this and that. It's, no, it's what we need is people that care. Mm -hmm. We need people that care and mm -hmm. understand that what we're working towards mm -hmm. and the things we're neglecting now are only mm -hmm. going to become bigger problems and harder things to deal with later. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I have a saying, if you want to experience real love, first get everything together in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest issue. Even in the community, you had mentioned, you know, walking through wherever you start a business, like, you know, I tell a story in my book, Battle Cry. Uh, we just purchased a 15,000 square foot building. I come out with my son playing basketball. The guy next to me says, someone's trying to kill me. And the Suburban was coming, it was three guys. So I didn't know what was gonna happen. I say this, I could tell the story, but besides investing in the city, we also have to dismantle what causes that or what caused that mentality. Mm -hmm. Because wherever there's desperation, 
I don't care what background, what community we stay in. As long as there's desperation, there will be crime. Yeah. And, and until we really reckon with the why and not necessarily the how, when we get to the why, then we can see some change. You know, the work that you're doing, you know, it's, it's, it's you're answering the why. And so the reason uh, another brother would pull a gun on me is way deeper than him needing some food. And that's what we have to get through, get to. Like when the crack epidemic affected the black communities, mm-hmm. it wasn't an alarm like the uh, opioid, opioid epidemic. You see what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. A despair, it's, it's There's a double standard. A double standard, yeah. major. And so when we can link up as brothers and sisters and, and can get past yeah. what the system has taught us about a skin color, and, and again, as men, again, when you can live from this, What's inside of the good in it? Because there's some bad in it as well. And we all know that. Yeah. When you can live from the good in your heart without fear, because perfect love casts out fear, then we'll see some transformation. Until then, you drop a million dollars anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be spent. It, I think that, that's one of the biggest things. And we talk about this quite a bit, man. It's like there the, the, the problems, quote unquote, that we have in this society, in this country, they're not black problems they're not white problems they're not this community's problems they're all our problems you know and 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 if you consider yourself an american yeah you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day we're all affected by all of it right at some point in some way shape or form you know and i think that's why it's so crucial like you know like like for me like i I grew up without a father right like i didn't i didn't have one he's still out getting milk somewhere that's how the joke goes right um but I, i didn't i didn't have that that role model you know what i'm saying but i had access to a few people in my life that showed me what was possible, right? Um, and I think that's what's really missing in a lot of communities. I, I think it definitely goes deeper than, oh, it's just poverty. No, because I mean, there's poverty everywhere in all different types of communities. Um, I think there, that there is a lack of quality men. I think the problem too is because, and you were touching on this, is that, and we talked about this yesterday too, it's like- There's a lack of exposure. There's a mm-hmm. lack of exposure, yeah. but then what they tell us they, that, that a man is supposed to be, it's this long beard, right? Kill, killing the world. man. Yeah, you gotta go yeah. kill a wildebeest, right? We were like, making fun of it on yesterday's yeah, show. They, 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 make, yeah. they, they kind of make it unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's some people like Madonna, he can't grow facial hair. So is he not a man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, there, there's a real struggle. What do you think? You gonna take his trophy away for that, for that bad joke? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but what if you had to say that it was okay? There, there's there's five characteristics that make a man a man. What would you say? What 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 would you list those out as? I can't. Once I do that, he's defined. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So then yeah. he's done. Yeah. So yeah, once you once you do that, you're back in the box. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, so. I think that's. I mean, that's a. Good, it's a great answer. I never I mean, really thought about it like that. Well, I mean, if you're trying not to be defined, then you define yeah. yourself, then you're mm-hmm. you're boxed out, right? To the point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, humility and ego are a huge growth component that a lot of men never go through. They never they never get to because of the fear, right? It goes back mm-hmm. to the fear. Absolutely. And, and Jason, because you're afraid of like we were talking about a couple episodes. What if? Like, what happens if I do this? And what are they going to think about me? And what is society going to think about me? What are my friends going to think about me? Mm-hmm. And that fear factor, you know, and your ego, because of not allowing you to, to cross over into expressing humility, never really lets you get there, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that person that looks back at you in the mirror, the truth is, is you know what you're scared of. Mm-hmm. You know the difference between right and wrong. You know what you're afraid of. But the, the ability for you to call you, your, 
call yourself on your own shit, right? And address those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not willing to go through that journey, you're never going to progress. And I think that's the, you know, when you start talking about, you know, defining who you are as human, as humans, not black, white, mm-hmm. pink, purple, gay, straight, we're all God's children that way. Mm-hmm. And our identity should be making sure that we take care of God's children. And before, in order to take care of anybody else's children, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, and taking care of yourself is understanding who you are and finding who you are. I don't know that, I don't know that you can figure out who you are with not completely understanding who you're not. What about creating who you are? Well, and I think that's, I think creating who you are is built through figuring out. Because I, I feel like I'm just, you know, just keeping it real. I feel like so many people use, I'm going to f- discover who I am as a complete cop-out to do any work to develop who they can be. You know, I feel like that's a trendy thing. Like, oh, dude, I'm gonna take my. I mean, dude, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, I, I, I agree, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, if we're gonna, you know, get down to spades or spades, like mm-hmm. you're gonna have to do some work, and that works internal. Yeah, that works in the mirror. That works mental. Like those, those struggles. You know, where I've got to a point. I mean, these guys know. Like, I'll cry on stage. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, like it's one of those things. Like, at first, I didn't like doing it. It was. It made me feel like I was scared of doing it. Now I understand when it's coming, like, hey, motherfucker, it's here. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't know see, what to tell you, but here it is. is. Once you are, once you, once you allow yourself to be seen as human, people, it's not even something that's, that's a huge misconception. I think, I think that people, I think that there's a lot of men out there that feel like, like you're saying, Jason, have to, have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you are a certain way, but you still show these other sides of who you are. It makes you way more credible mm-hmm. than someone who just goes up there and, you know, barks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you know, like that meet. What was that meeting about? I don't know. A month or two ago, where I got a little emotional about uh, helping helping these people. Right? Yeah. We were talking on people's posts. Yeah, we were talking about helping people who were in the middle of transforming, and. You know, like these people are out there doing this work to become better and do all these things. And I see them post and, you know, they get one like or zero comments. And it's like, you know, I was talking, what I was talking about was my team, like, hey, support these people. These people don't have anybody else supporting them. And, um, you know, I got a little emotional because that's important to me. Uh, You know, I spent a lot of my life being the fat guy and and being someone who pretended that it was okay to be that way and that I was, happy with it, which I wasn't. And if you are, that's fine. But I don't think you are. I think you're lying. But, uh, you know, we were talking and, and, and I was talking to Aaron like a week later and he's like, man, dude, like that meeting really hit everybody. And I'm awesome. like, why? And they're like, well, cause you got emotional. I'm like, well, what do they think? They think I don't really care. Like, <laughs> this is like, like I really care cause yeah. I've been there. You know yeah. what I mean? And I know how important it is because, like, dude, these these people who are going through these transformations, if you don't support them, and then let's say they have a bad day, that could be the pivotal day that forces them to go the complete opposite direction for the rest of their lives. That might lead to a time where, like you were saying, maybe they get to a point where they're considering suicide because they feel like they can't control any elements in their life. And um, I take, you know, the I, I truly believe I think the reason that we built this facility and are successful is because we all carry that same amount of care for other people. And uh, 
that's what I saw in what you do, man. But I saw it instead of doing it with adults, I saw you're starting at the foundation. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a huge thing. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I have a set of children's books that I write. Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and I don't, you know, like I said, I don't have any kids of my own, but about, I don't know, 2015, I was, I, I used to do a lot more public speaking than I do now. And uh, I got I got asked to come speak to a group of veterans um, out in Salt Lake or what was it Sundance Sundance Film Festival and we're flying out there and we were flying private. There's six people on the plane or so. It was me and some of the team. And and dude, I get real crabby. All right, like I I, I will complain a lot, but shit will still get done. And so I was I was complaining on the plane. I'm like, you know. Dude, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to give these guys everything I got. And they're going to walk out. And, and they're going to go do the same shit they were doing before they came in. Like, it, it's just. And I said, like, out of frustration, I said, we need, to, we need to write books for teenagers. That's what we need. We need to catch them before. And then I'm like, nah, it's too late. We need to catch them when they're, like, 12. And I'm like, no, nah, it's too late. No, we need to write kids' books. And, and I was saying it, like, just kind of just kind of talking shit. And everybody got quiet and looked at me. And they're like. Oh, and I, and I realized, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> so we started writing these books that are designed to, uh, as tools for parents to use to teach their kids the principles of succeeding um, and success. Because what I hear all the time from parents is, you know, Andy, I love your show, you know, but I can't really let my kids listen to it. I'm, I get that. You probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> just being real, you know, maybe I should do a kid's show too or something. Um, hey, guys, but, it's Andy for so. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a cartoon series, me and you. Oh, no, hey, man, no. that's a good idea. Hey. So the, um, the whole concept was to build, to, to give parents a tool that they can, because they don't know what to teach, dude. Like they don't know. Like so many parents out there, Thousands upon thousands upon thousands reach out to me and they're like, man, I love, I love what you're talking about, but I don't know how to teach it because I didn't learn that and I'm learning it now as an adult. So how do I teach it? And that was the purpose of what the books were about. And that's what they continue to be about. But, you know. Are your books available? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're, they're available on the website. Okay, uh, great. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some before I, you Please do that. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up children's books because- my newest book, Battle Cry, is doing really well with men. My publisher reached out and said, hey, let's do a children's version. Dude, you, you have yeah, to do it. Yes, you yeah. have to do it. Like for, for the way you teach these young men, dude. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and anything I can do to help with that, I awesome, will. Man. Awesome. You don't need my help. But I think what, what's interesting, though, because, you know, I just we touched on it briefly earlier, but the correlation, you know, we do a lot of work in Haiti. And I was, I was telling Jason earlier, you know, we got – Whenever COVID hit, we did a, we were doing a 30 for the kids and we did it for Haiti and we got trouble because we weren't helping kids locally. Mm-hmm. And so then we, you know, we got involved in North city and, and, uh, here in St. Louis. And we made a, that was when we made our rule. Whatever we do there, we do here. That's right. Yeah. And, awesome. um, you know, we're going to yeah. share the dollars. Right. And so invest in our local community. Let's, in, whatever we're going to, uh, invest in there, let's invest in here. And we've done that in the last two years. In fact, you know. It's the guy barking in the crowd who's never done anything. You know, we've been able to progress and help, you know, hundreds of children here in our backyard. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the criticism. <laughs> That's right. Because it gave us a good idea. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they, yeah. they criticize, but the truth is the world's separated by doers, not talkers. Yeah. You know, and we got busy. It's like, you know what? All right, fair. Touche. But we're going to go do it instead of talking about it. I remember it. when we had that conversation. Yeah. Dude. 
I was actually, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. We'll just do everything that we do there. We'll do it here too. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, you start looking at commonalities of problems as a problem solver by nature, you, you always find the common denominator because usually when you find the common denominator, you can identify where the problem sits. And, you know, when you compare North City and Haiti, you know, both, you know, poverty stricken, but when you start looking at the men, it's the lack of men in the communities. In Haiti, it's the same deal. There's no, there's no men in the household. And, um, you know, when you look at the moms who have, you know, three, four, five, in particular, where my Haitian son is, Marco, he has nine, nine brothers and sisters, no dad. And you go into the inner city in St. Louis and there's, there's no man in the household. There's no dad. So who raises them? The streets. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we've also invested in, you know, trying to help out a Lift for Life program to get some of these kids off the streets and start teaching them much like you're doing, Jason, some mm -hmm. discipline and giving them some team, you know, effort and some sport and lifting weights and a community and starting trying to centralize that, that parenting, right? Mm -hmm. Some, some type of male leadership and teaching them, you know, Hey, you don't have to go down the gang violence route. Mm -hmm. You know, you can use, you know, strength and sport and team and community and, and start to build some of these core char characteristic values. But from your experience, like, where do you start? Well, I mean, for one, what's interesting, I found that you hear a statistic that talks about how 78% of black families are parented by single females. Uh, unfortunately, that stat is really skewed because it, it implies that there is no men around. Uh, another study came out, um, I believe it's in the New York Times, maybe, um, or the Daily News. It, it, they did a study that proved that black fathers are the most active in their children's lives than any other ethnicity. Like, so what is, where is yeah, all is these, so these going narratives on? going on? So again, that's what I was saying about dismantling a system. Systemic racism is a system designed to keep a certain group of people in a certain position. And so uh, let me give you an example. I'm on a, a plane one day and I'm, I'm going through a presentation. So it's a guy next to me, white brother, cool. He looks over and I'm talking about uh, pipeline to prison, school to pipeline to prison, basically a system where they filter kids from the educational system into the prison industrial complex. So he says, what are you telling me? Prisons are privatized? I said, you didn't know that? Sure. He says, that's impossible. That should be illegal because if prisons are privatized, that means assets are people. So the only way you're going to get assets, you got to create laws. And he just looked at me. He was like, oh. So those are the things I would need, like you, my brothers, to really hit hard on. Because again, I, I, I truly, our community truly values brothers like you with the heart to give back. Because you don't have to do it. No, we do have to do it. Yeah, but no, no, we, this, we, this, we, this is what I'm saying. No, yeah, I hear what you're saying yeah. from who, your own conviction. If we call ourselves Americans, yeah, but no, I get it. But listen, but what I mean yeah. is that you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. But you do. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it's the system. As long as the roots are supplying the tree, the branches will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. We keep cutting the branches off. But the real problem, like in my academy, people, they think the majority of the boys that have their fathers aren't in their lives. I may have one. And that's not because he doesn't want to be there. Again, so when I did a deep dive on like why fathers aren't active in their children's lives, it's not that they don't want to be is that many of them feel like failures that they can't even provide. I can go down the line, but I've never met a father that didn't want to be in his son's life, daughter's life. And then when I, again, 
as, as, a, as a, a black man, I'm told all of these narratives that are lies. And that programs a generation of boys not to even believe in themselves. Like another thing, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue with sports. But we are creative beyond playing the game. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Amen. So, so we have, so I push that as well. But we have to create, again, environments where you're celebrated for robotics, where you're celebrated for being, going after being a doctor. Or an or architect. Architect. Or, 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 yeah. um, or, or you want to start a nonprofit. Or, you know, it's... it's so what about even just, a plumber or yeah, carpenter? Or, so, or, that's, you know. so in the cave, what we do with our boys as well, once we teach them emotional stability, we actually have a workforce development program where they can go out into these trades to see what they want to do. Like drone, building drones, you know, uh, and, and carpentry and construction. But it's still not celebrated. Yeah. You don't get a trophy for framing a house the fastest. Mm. You understand? So boys, we want to go where the affirmation is. Gangs are popular. Why? Because you get affirmation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know. And the um, sense of belonging. And exactly. Belonging. And so when I even, I had an opportunity because, again, a, a lot of times if you just listen to the media or the way things are spun um, in the news, you'll think it's just a black issue. Again, like I said, when the crack epidemic hit the black community, it wasn't, no alarm sounded. But when opioids did, it was a major issue. So I had an opportunity to work with white kids one day. It was fun. It's really cool to work with white boys for the first time because everyone kept saying, you know, why do you only work with black kids or whatever? You know, and that's, that's offensive in and of itself. They'll see a picture, a school of all of my students. There's no uh, sign on my door that says colors only. Right. You know, <laughs> right. but you don't, I bet you don't ask that same question to a white school, martial arts school. Why, why don't you have any black kids? There? Oh, dude, I get asked that every time. You do? Every oh, yeah. time. That's every good time to hear. I, I didn't know that. Bro, That's listen, <laughs> every time I take a photo without any black people in it, I get yelled at and called a racist. Every wow. okay, single well, time. Why receive the opposite of yeah. that? Yeah. But that's it's, interesting, right? It's the same yeah. guy in the stands. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? No the shit. guy that's not doing nothing. Yeah. So I, I say that to say because. Martial arts, what I love about martial arts. By the way, yeah. it's always white people call me racist. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is what I love about martial arts. Um, we really don't get caught up in the skin color. Yeah, right. We train. We train. Yeah. We train. It's the ultimate equalizer, man. But, but this is what, what I, I noticed is that, so one of my uh, good friends, um, I trained with the Aikibu Jutsu for a while, and he had told me, he says, Jay, you could lose your job, right? And you won't, you'll keep it moving. Your fortitude, you'll just push through. He says, for me, he says, you'll hear stories about a banker, lose his job, go home and kill his entire family. He says, that's a psyche that you really need to dive into as well. Because again, this is one of the biggest issues with society at large. As long as we look through it with our lens, we don't have the empathy for any other culture. Because mm -hmm. it's just our problem. It's the way we see you. This is who you are. This, this is how you are. Mm -hmm. But when we, we, for me, being a follower of Christ, I had to ask God to give me his eyes. Let me see things through his eyes. When I started having that mindset and that perspective, I was able to, to deal with things from here, mm -hmm. the good. And so when you can, my friend told me another guy who's Irish American, he told me, he said, Jay, don't believe the nice house, the wife and kids, and the dog barking in the backyard. It's not just a black issue. It's a man issue. It's a human issue. 
And so here again, we're talking about dealing with the real problem. Course resources are needed. Trust me, I know I'm right there. But if you have power and influence where these laws are being passed, where these systems are being basically erected, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, we're really one and we believe that, we need to work together and dismantle those systems. Dude, I agree. Yeah. And, that, and so when you look at a, a young boy, you know, I'll, I'll be clear with you because you, you believe that everything is white is right. That you guys, it's easy, you know? And when I was training those boys, I saw a common denominator. They suppress their emotions, depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, lack composure. One kid was crying so bad just because he left his lunch at home. He didn't know how to navigate through his emotions. Mother didn't know what to do. Father wasn't there. I literally laid on my back in the, on the, in the, in the school floor and looked up to him because he wouldn't look me in the eyes. His name was Baron. And I said, what's wrong, Baron? He just dropped his head, crying, crying. So I laid on the ground and I looked up at him. And he smiled. I said, oh, I, I see you now. I said, what's wrong? He said, I left my lunch at home. Because I gave him an opportunity to really express what's going on, he performed well that day. How many men are trapped in this box to where they're feeling that way, can't express it, then they go grab a gun and go do something they shouldn't do. And so... White or black. I know a real story yeah. like that. B.J. Baldwin, who's a buddy of mine, shot a guy who shot a guy. Two guys walked up on him, black guys. He's a white dude. Does, doesn't matter. Just This is to the point. The, 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 they came up and BJ ended up killing the one guy because he, the guy pulled out a gun, shot a couple times, and BJ is like super, like trains. He's a he's an instructor, and he shot this guy and killed him. And now BJ and his this this guy who he killed's brother are actually friends. And the reason that he that that guy had pulled the gun that day was because some bad shit had happened at home, and his his uh, what he had told his brother right before he went out and got himself killed was that he just wanted to hurt somebody. It was just, he was so frustrated, he wanted to hurt somebody. And so that's a real life example of exactly what you're talking about. Again, in, until we're, look at, look at the wars that's going on right now. Oh man. Who leading them? Who are leading these wars? Women or men? Men. Boys. Well, I get what you're saying, but yeah. when have you seen a movie where two warriors or men who were strong or martial artists were able to reconcile a conflict without fighting? See, it's a system. That doesn't sell. Yeah, but see, it's yeah. a system. Yeah. And then we wonder why our boys can't reconcile conflict. Why are you smoking drugs? Look what's promoted. It's a system. They don't do what we, we say. They, they do what we do. And that's what I'm saying. It's, I'm a principled person, just like you guys are, clearly. I don't cut branches off. I'm trying to take the tree out. I'm dealing with the roots. I'm going to snatch it up by its roots. I love that. And so that's how we solve this problem. And it's, it's a... There's a documentary coming out on my life. I signed with uh, the actor Lawrence Fishburne's film company. And it should be out hopefully this year. And what's crazy is that it's a beautiful film. It's about me, my work I do with boys in the cave of Adullam. 
And it deals with the cause and effect of trauma, et cetera, and how to overcome it. But when I watched it with my wife, and I tear it up because the world doesn't show black boys the way this documentary will be showing our children. And this is why I know, so we, people say, well, you know, uh, I'm not prejudiced. Well, how aren't you? Because your grandfather was lynched. Because my grandfather was lynched, and I saw intergenerational trauma because of it affect my entire family, but I'm not prejudiced because I've been blessed by so many relationships from people of different ethnic backgrounds. However, when I I look at this situation with us, our boys, it's like, it's sad to say that they have to be humanized because the first way you can live with doing something evil, you have to dehumanize someone or, or something. They're less than, so I can do this. This is why I have hope. When our video went viral in 2016, tons of comments. There were 100 million views worldwide. I saw one comment. The guy said, man, this is BS. I I know there's other uh, boys like this, but the media won't show us that. And I looked at him. It was a white guy from Germany. There's a system in place designed to keep us separated. 100%. Spiritually. Intentionally. Yeah, spiritually, you know, the principle is divide and conquer. So all it is, you can't rule your emotions, you can forget about it. Yeah. You're a slave to them. You know, people say, well, uh, well, this made me do it, or the devil made me do it, or this happened. At the end of the day, it's our desires that lead us astray. We can't check what's not righteous in us, and we continue to live that way. And men, we would never be able to do that, especially with lust, if we don't take time, like you were saying, Sal, and do the introspective work needed to transform our hearts, trans- renew our minds. You, you can't, like people say, how are you faithful to your wife, man? You just got one, one woman. I'm like, for one, it's much deeper because I fear the most high. I'm on an assignment here. And then two, your percep- percep- uh, perception of peace it's not really accurate. So most men look at sex as a way of escape. That's why pornography is so uh, addictive. It's so you can control and make your own world. Problem is peace can't be a place. If that's the case, you can't have it in the midst of conflict. So with me, I've been trained, if I'm in a fist coming at me, I'm still calm as if I'm on a beach in Hawaii. But that only happened when I allowed myself to sit still and of course, I had to go to the psychotherapy because of all the trauma I've been through. As men, we'll run through bullets. Like you said, some say you have to have the long beard, muscles, training, jujitsu, whatever. That's why I don't like defining manhood. The hardest thing for us to do is deal with ourselves. Every man in here know that. That's why this world is the way it is. We're not confronting the real enemy. That's because you know the truth. Yeah, but we, <clears throat> but, but, so we're, we're talking and I love this, by the way. I love your picture. It says society. Yeah. Something just hit me. That yeah. is a part of the problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I would love to put me on there. Yeah, the word ahead. M-E. Yeah. Because when I think of who I, I was and what I still struggle with today, it's not what's around me. It's what's in me. It's the bad in me, the fears, the, the way I was neglected. I can go on and on, the abuse, the bullying. Those things I have to suppress and actually release so that I can live in the moment. But we don't face that person. That's the greatest fear. Because that person doesn't lie to us. 
When we look in the mirror, we know, we, we see know. the pain, we see, we hear the words again from our mother, our fathers, from our friends who let us down. And so then we buy things, put on this bravado, trying to be smooth, strong, whatever. It's all a facade. We're just trying to make it, but when we cut the lights off, we feel empty. And that's because, you know, for me, until I accepted Christ, man, I was done. I, would, I could go any direction. I was angry this moment, depressed this moment. My wife, a beautiful Saturday afternoon, wanting to go to the park with my daughter. I'm sitting on the couch angry and didn't even know why. What the hell? What's wrong with me? It's because I never took time to release because the culture says, society says, a man who cries is weak. A man who is weak is soft. You can't feel fear. You know how many men are dead today because we weren't allowed to feel fear? There is no courage without fear. You have to have fear to be courageous. That, that's it. And so, again, if you only look at through it through one lens, we'll say, um, why did you go to that party and they were shooting? That's a black problem or something like that, you would say. But then I got white kids on Instagram. When I look at my DMs, my direct messages, it's 75% young white males who reach out to me wanting to break free. Mm. So it may not be a gang violence, a gang shooting. It'd be drugs. It'd be a stabbing, violence, abuse. But again, we're looking at it through society's lens instead of really what's really happening. And then can we really move on what's right? Because we, again, all of us are this way. Something that can make us uncomfortable, that compromise our lifestyle. We're like, well, wait, let me really think about this. For me, I don't care anymore, man. It's like, I'm going to do what's right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we, we all have to be. And you shared, shared that several times. I'd rather be right, man, than rich. I'd rather be uh, a private success and a public failure. I don't want to go home and I don't have the praise of my wife and children. What good is it to build an academy and save all these boys and can't even save my own son? It's meaningless. What good is it to have the number one book or uh, say the documentary does well and I don't even love my wife right or I hate myself? Being real, as AF, I know what that means, but being real. I know you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just said, I just said, but being real is hard for us, man, because yeah. we believed a lie. So really, we walking around fake because we've allowed this world to define us. We can't be defined because when you need to be a nurturer, you can't. When you need to be compassionate, you can't. When you need to be sensitive, you can't. When you need to be long-suffering, like I had to with my mother with dementia, combing her hair, doing her nails, fouling them. I Trust me, I embrace masculinity. Yeah. My mother didn't need a masculine male. She needed a servant son, and I gave her that because I was comprehensive. Yeah, but isn't real masculinity being comprehensive? In no, that way? masculinity. See, I look up things. I'm a principal person. Yeah. Look up the definition. It's just a few attributes, such as strength, boldness, aggression, or masculine attire. That turned the light on for me. I go, so wait a minute. 
this isn't a comprehensive de- definition of a man. No, women are, have masculine attributes. Yeah. Look at these women power lifters. I forgot the one sister name who took the car, lifted it up off her father when the jack collapsed. Mm. See, we've been deceived. You can't define us. Why do you think we, why, why do you think that was? Yeah. Like, like, what, what, like if you could pinpoint a time in history that like said, okay, well. It's hard to do Because we that. saw with the, we, we, we saw it with women, right? They had this Me Too, because I mean, if you think about women, we, we think about, you know, oh, they're supposed to be raising the children in the house. They're supposed to make sure dinners are done by six, right? But then we had this Me Too movement, right? And the, the, the feminine movement that kind of took that, that box off of them. But that right? was, no, it was way before that. That was due to abuse. Yeah. Sexual abuse. That Me Too movement was completely different well, than women's too, liberation. The, the feminine uh, Yeah, movie. so, yeah. but a woman, you would never hear a woman say she's only a feminine woman. They, they tried to tell women their places in the kitchen. They didn't buy that. But we'll say, we'll buy, oh, you got to be rough. You got to have an axe to cut trees down your beard. Calluses Women on do not allow society or anyone to define them. That's why I take my hats off. But we do. You have to be buff. Come on, that's why we lift weights, right? It's, it's a part of being a man. Oh, you got to know how to fight. You got to know how to shoot. You got to be tough. You got to curse. You don't curse. Now you made the brother who don't curse feel like he not a man because you let someone define what a man is. That's the biggest deception, man. Would you say that there's risk, though? Because like I, I hear and I, I love everything that is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... I, I do feel like there are some things though in society that's absolutely needed. We need it, we need strong men right now, right? Like there's a lack of strength. You miss you missing. I didn't say don't be strong. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. you see, see, it's, it's not, not he's, a, he's, he's saying, saying don't be only strong. Yeah, it's, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's not see, an absence of yeah. strength to be yeah. comprehensive. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. just got it in you. It's just another weapon in your toolbox. That's saying, all it is. He's saying it's okay to be you. Yeah. But you gotta find you. You got a sense of the spirit. Yeah. I felt it when I got in the car. Very kind person. Was it the Luther Vandross playing? I didn't hear no Luther. <laughs> 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 it wasn't Luther. You better not be playing no Luther picking me up. <laughs> but, you know, and you, you got an uh, AR in between the seats. Right, right. Magazine, uh, 30 round magazines in the back. And I'm like, okay, interesting. I love, I got guns too. I can shoot very well. That's for one of the first things we talked about. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking, but I'd rather people know me more as a healer than a killer. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, so, and that's the freedom. I'm, I'm a teddy bear. But I know, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying you're not. I'm yeah, saying, yeah, but yeah. could you imagine freely walking in the teddy bear? No, no. not right now. Yeah, because no, you think it. what? Someone going to try to try you. Yeah, I think, I don't think it's realistic for the environment I'm in right now, right? Why? Because that's the reality of the environment we're in. I think everybody yeah. thinks DJ is a teddy bear. Yeah, but li- sure. but, but so listen, just know he's a grizzly bear. Fuck <laughs> out. But, so, so listen, so listen. So that's so, to your point. It's funny. I, it's like, I got lion and lamb. I believe and, in that. And that's great. Yeah. yeah. So a yeah. friend of mine, when I first went home to see his, his son, uh, he says, "Hey, Matthew, this is Mr. Jason. He's as cuddly as a bear and as dangerous as a bear." Hmm. I love that. That's him. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. And so, but I try to operate. If I could operate 100% of my life in the teddy bear, I'm with it. Hmm. I know my mind is clear. I'm cool. I'm not in fight or flight. When that grizzly come out, it's a problem. I'm not just, yeah, I'm not, right. my claws ain't out because I'm happy. Right, right. It's a, I can't stay like this the whole time. No, for sure. But, 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 for sure. But, but, but 
that's, so again, we've allowed masculinity to be our definition. That's why we can't be tender to our wives. Like we really, inside of us, like for me, man, I'd be honest with you. I grew up where, you know, if a guy was holding a woman's hand, he'd get beat down by five or six guys. Randomly. Really? Oh, yeah. So I saw that. My brothers would tell me, you know, I had two brothers who well, both died, homicide. Um, my second brother who died, he was heavyweight in the drug game. And he would tell me, you know, you can't never let a woman know how you feel. Even your wife should take advantage of you. So I thought that was some sage advice. It almost cost me my marriage. Mm. I have to fight today to hold my wife's hand in public because of what I've been ingrained to believe a man is. A man isn't really romantic unless he wants some. That's why we can't really tap into intimacy. We think intimacy means, oh, we about to have sex. No, intimacy is the touch, looking in our eyes, seeing you love her without saying the words. We can't tap into that because we're only masculine. You really want to be a great lover, become comprehensive. Now you can express the nurturing during sex. You can express the empathy, the compassion. She have a bad day. I've, I've talked and encouraged my wife while making love to her. It's a whole another ball game. But as men, you know, that's why, you know, I'm, uh, I'm hoping one day I can do a cave of a dullum for men because real talk, we all have broken boys inside of us. Regardless of our backgrounds, color of our skin, we're all walking around hurting. And I, I would love to one day to truly be able to give us that freedom that we, we desire and deserve. I think it's your calling. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, it will only take five minutes of speaking with you to believe that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I almost feel like I'm not good enough to talk. It's kind of funny. I'm listening to Jason. I'm like, man, this guy's fucking dead on. Oh, man. <laughs> Me and you talked the whole I know. time. Uh, you should have had us recording in our Well, I know. And yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I find a great deal of comfort in your thinking because mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like to think I think very linear to that. You know, and I, I, I really didn't start living... I had an accident, I broke my leg at a collision home plate because I was identifying as a, you know, a male professional athlete, right? And that was, that was who I was. And, you know, I was going to run, you know, I was out running at night, you know, pl- I was playing. I was never really living. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, it was the term, you know, the societal standard that I had learned from playing, like I was going to act like a big leaguer. You know, I was going to act like a professional baseball player. And that's kind of how I had to assume the role. Well, really what I was is a dirtbag and an asshole, mm-hmm. you know, and I had assumed what they did was incorrect. That's just the truth. And when I broke my leg, I always say, you know, God took that from me because I wasn't treating it correctly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a conversation that I had to have with myself and understanding like I was given the opportunity. I just, I just didn't take advantage of it. And because I didn't take advantage of it, he took it away from me. And, you know, I, I think through that progression of life, because I really, that was kind of when I started to make some turns, you know, when I started to realize, you know, I needed to identify who I was going to be by figuring out who I wanted to be, you know, like, and when I start to see my life progress from that moment, you know, and that's why I was saying earlier, like a lot of times you got to figure out who you're not, you know, and I wasn't really happy, right? I was playing a role that I thought was what cool. a big league base. That's right. right. I was trying, I was so worried about impressing society that I really wasn't focused on fulfilling what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And I, a lot of that was, you know, you think back, you know, and, and I growing up from a broken household, you know, I was, I was not the man that I, you know, that I wanted to be, I was playing the man that I saw. And, you know, when you look at 
how I want to go through life, you know, fixing that emotional connection, um, you know, is there's not defined roles in my household. You know, I will cook and clean and my goal is to do better than she does. Right. <laughs> and that's just a competitive that's spirit. She builds, right? What's that? Your wife builds from what you were telling me. If oh, you, yeah. yeah. No, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome, and, but that's man. the competitive side, of, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I'm going to do the job and I'm going to do it well. And, you know, I have like in my own little, I have a plus one theory now that I have three kids and, you know, and I think this is, you know. You're going to add another plus one? I would, I would, I would probably at this point, knowing kind of what I got, I would consider having another one, but you know, Rocky's going to kill me. uh, (laughs) No, but I I have three children, you know, and eventually two, two trees are going to go from the forest, Rocky and I. And if we have plus one, we're going to leave one, one more good one than we took, you know, from the earth. And I find it's my internal obligation to, you know, try to develop young humans and specifically my son into being better versions of, of me through showing them how to do it. And things that I'm, things that scare, they scare, dude, being a dad is hard, right? Yes, it is. Being a, being a good dad is even twice as fucking yeah, hard. Yes. And, you know, and that comes with a 24 seven time clock, you know, and, and being the person that you're supposed to do or be when no one's watching. Yes. You know, and making the right decisions when there are no repercussions, you know, and doing and, and issuing constraint on yourself when you're the only one that's going to know, you know, and those, those parts of life are really tough because, you know, I try to give, I try to give myself the advice, the emotional advice on the 24, seven, 365 that I would want to give Enzo, my son in the environment in which he would cross that same path. And I try to put myself in that, in that place because it's the only place that I can give myself the truth. You know, like the, the, the best advice I think comes from father to son, because you want better for them than you want for yourself. And, you know, when I get in a tough spot, even now, and I was just sharing this with, you know, the best part about having our dad two doors down is he comes down and he'll give me, he'll give me the truth. There's a non-emotional answer there because he wants what's best for us, you know, and he will give me the truth as he sees it. And I try to really um, I try to do my best emotionally to try to give myself that same truth. You know, 24-7, 365, what is the advice I would, I would point my son to do right now? What, is, what would I want him to do? And then I try to replicate that action. And, and through that, I've had to go through a lot of emotional things because, you know, you, you want to raise a son that's great in sport. Well, I realize, like, sports, sports don't identify him as greatness. Say that. You know? That's good. And not only do they not identify him as greatness, like, I want him to be competitive, but I want him to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. So how do I teach him that? You have to show him that. That piece is hard, man, because as a guy, like, who doesn't want, like, last night, my son's at bat, first baseball practice, you know? I'm a baseball guy. Of course, I want him to hit the fucking ball hard, right. you know? Absolutely. And he like, should. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, fuck, hey, I a ball. You know, and you're sitting here thinking, and it's like, you know, that chapter of life, you know, in developing young men is hard. But the interest that, and the dividend that pays for it is, is, is tenfold. and you know, going through that emotional battle and that emotional uh, internalization is, is a necessary evil. And I think you have to face those emotions. You know, you have to learn that it's, it's okay to be frustrated, yeah. but we're not designed to be perfect. We're designed to progress. Say that, man. You, you know, know, we have a saying, you know, to piggyback off what you're saying, um, uh, emotions are great servants, but poor masters. And so once you allow an emotion to master you, you become its servant. And so... I mean, truthfully, Sal, man, just from talking with you today, um, you weren't created to play baseball. You created to do what you do now. 
And God the Father is not uh, one who lacks compassion. He is literally written as that he is love. He removed, like he removed producing music out of my way so that I can do what I do now. It's clear you weren't created to play baseball. You created to do what you do now. He got you in a position, a high-pressure position to help people because he needs you. He didn't need another baseball player. He didn't need another person to go to the Hall of Fame. He needed Sal to operate in his gift right now and live freely from that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, you know, to have met you. And I thank you for your transparency because it's clear. And I just want you to believe that. There's nothing you messed up. He didn't want it for you. Yep, who you are as a dad. I saw you with your son. Enzo is beautiful. Embrace that and become better at that. Yep, that's who you, you are who you are right now. Yes, yep. Definitely. What do you think, <clears throat> speaking back to, uh, you know, not defining men, but what are, like, because there's a lot of people listening right now. They're not sure how to direct their, their kids, right? Do you have some, I mean, what are the, what are the attributes? Uh, I have a good friend, Rich Devaney, who's a Navy SEAL. He has this book called The Attributes, and it's a really good book um, about team building. But what I found, man, is like people are really like, like, like almost society has almost regressed so far that people don't even know what the values or the skills or the attributes they should be teaching are. Because some of the things that are that are popular right now uh, in terms of cultural movements, people know in their heart are not right and they're not healthy. And so in this crazy world that where we have all of these, and by the way, I just want to say this. I agree with everything you said about the, the systemic problems mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we need better leadership in this mm-hmm. country that is going to unify Americans mm-hmm. as Americans, mm-hmm. not as... Uh, Black Americans, white Americans. You know, we are that leader. We are those leaders. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's what make yeah. it clear because yeah, yeah. we looking at beyond. No, no, it's us. Horizontal <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look I don't, around. The I don't last, do that no more. I the, just the last year, the last year or two have really opened my eyes to that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming. <laughs> it's our turn. Sound like a friend of mine, Sean Dove, says we have to be the Calvary with iconic leaders we've been looking for. The yep. Calvary's not coming. That's it, man. And yeah. I I've, this last two years, all this crazy stuff has really opened my eyes to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you call yourself a patriotic American and you only care about a certain group of Americans, whether that be black or whether that be white or whether that be some other group, that's not what America's about, man. That's not what it should be about. It shouldn't be about. No, yeah. no it is what it's about now because yeah. of the way that we've been culturally groomed yeah. by our Divisive. media and it's by these leaders that, are poor, that, yeah. that only care about their own self-interest. Yeah. But see, for us, so... So just you understand, it's not a hypersensitivity for Black America. For us, it's never been for us. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. I get so, that. So that's why it means a lot when as compassionate as you guys are. Yeah. And you, but but you back it up, okay? When you say I'm off the fence, I'm on this side. Then we can build, and that's why. Because sometimes people think it's like we're, you know. Uh, Playing a victim role. They minimize, yeah, they yeah. minimize real issues. Man. Yeah. Dude, look, I get that. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, listen, listen. There, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, um, it's, 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 there's major differences 
even from the way we have to pay for insurance, the way we're dude a thousand it's, percent. It's, so again, we're we're that next. We're, we're, we're that we're that change that we want. Yeah, tell the truth, man. Yeah, like it's, you, it's, no, 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 yeah. I'm just saying. I'm saying we're yeah. that change, and so. This is what you know. I have a lot of white friends as well. Okay. Oh, that's and and this this this, 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 this no, no. Listen, you silly. <laughs> and the only reason I, I say do that you have to qualify as we have black friends. Now <laughs> you do with me, yeah, yeah. So I, I, reason I reason I reason I said that is because not to justify anything, but to say that this point when all that was happening in 2020 with the George Floyd situation, police brutality throughout, it hurt me to see. Well, I didn't hear the voices of my friends of different ethnic backgrounds. I wasn't angry. I was hurt because I have their back. That's what I mean by really being, I guess, real as AF. Mm -hmm. That's when you know. When your problem, my problem becomes yours and yours is mine. Where there's justice somewhere, it's everywhere. I don't like talking a lot. I don't, you know, I don't debate. I don't do all. I, I, I cut the lights off and f- follow me and I get the stuff done. Yeah. No, I get and, that. Yeah, and so yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's, it's, if we're really about that, we'll see it. We, we have to. It's, it's, but I'm just saying, yeah. if we're really, we really want to have that type of change in this country, do it. Like, I mean, see, and it doesn't have to be grandiose. Start like what you're doing, but more so than just giving, really try to deconstruct some of these systems in a stealth way. Because again, you still want to be wise. You know, I came up in the era, you know, I see some of the young guys now. My brother was very dangerous, man. <laughs> bags would come through the airport. His bags are open because of the feds. And I'm yelling, like, they don't have the right to open our bags. He wanted to slap me. He says, do you understand who they are and who we are? So everyone wants to be streetwise and tough and all these other things, but then you lose everything because you're so emotional. You can't let an enemy see you coming. You have to strategize. So once we get the hearts together and the minds renewed, these people have to come together and strategize in such a way where what we've worked hard for won't be compromised, but we'll see change. Can't be an emotionally led leader. You're done. You'll fall for anything. And, and that's all I'm saying. It's like, I'm so sick of talking. I'm tired of the games and, you know, put up or shut up. Yeah. I mean, straight up, because I, I did it. I'm not even qualified to be a CEO of any nonprofit in this country. Nobody's qualified. Barely, Nobody's no, but this qualified saying, to do anything. But, but let's check it out, yeah. though. I barely have my high school diploma. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay, that's, okay, yeah. yeah. But look, look, look what's happening here. Yeah. I did it, though. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I'm so tired of the talk. Mm-hmm. If it really doesn't matter, if, if it's really not about this, if it's really not about you losing a position or someone gaining it. Let's do it. What do you, what do you think some of the changes that need to happen? What are some of those roots that got to get pulled up? I mean, like, like that. It's because I could tell you from my point of view how it looks. 
This is what it looks like to me. Yeah. It looks like we have, and this is how I see society right now. I see a lot of people who are very, very wealthy or using our political system to gain wealth, creating scenarios that keep all people, all people suppressed in a certain way. Are certain people getting worse of, the, of their suppression? Absolutely. I think the black communities have been long forgotten by the people who come to their neighborhoods every single election cycle and say, hey, guess what? We're here to fix your shit. And then they go, and what happens? Nothing. It gets worse. And that's been happening over and over and over and over for 40 years. And so when I look at the big problems that we're having, our inability to connect at a ground level, meaning the actual citizens, not the elite uh, families that run the entire country, talking about us. If we can't ever get together to, say, to, to look at these people in unison and say, hey, uh-uh, we're going to do this. We won't ever. We won't ever be able to get where we're going to go. Yeah, I mean, and and the, the sad truth has been more than forty years for us, and so yeah. it's it's you know, it's it's like I said, it's it, it feels insurmountable. Yeah, because of the lies that we're being told, and then the positions, you know, again, systemic racism, and 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 for me, working with young boys, black boys specifically in Detroit, to see privatized prisons not being eradicated Mm -hmm. because in order for that business to survive you have to get prisoners Mm -hmm. and to see some of these statistics that come out about how black men are pulled over more than white men Michigan State Police just came up came clean with that why to filter a system so why are there still privatized prisons I can go on and on the school system, money being spent on stadiums that was really supposed to be spent on schools. Or, or being 15, $16 billion, which I did the math, by the way. I don't remember it because my memory is not that good when it comes to this. But it was $16 billion um, sent to Ukraine. Okay. Now, t- if you take that $16 billion and you divide it, let's see here, by the top 55 metropolitan areas, um, you end up with almost $300 million per metro area, the top 55 metro areas that we could be putting into our, our inner city education. But we, can, but we can do that same math when we build out the Wall Street. Oh, dude, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. Okay, so yeah. again, so we're cutting off branches now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's something that's going to keep happening. Yeah. I'm with you on that. That's what I'm saying. So we yeah. have to uproot the tree. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the biggest issue. And it's so many issues. For me personally, I know where I'm starting at. Mm-hmm. It's first for me, I need to... Well, you're doing your part. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. This, this is crucial. I need to help people that, in my influence, release trauma. Stop allowing trauma to time travel so that the seeds that I'm planting can finally take root and then we can water them and grow. That's one thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have a great evil that's been established, you have to knock its base out 
and it takes time and it's going to take a lot of effort together. But again, just talking about like you just did the map. I did that before with the when they bailed out Wall Street and, and when the, when, of 2008 when the housing market collapsed. We, we, yeah, but 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 then I, I quickly realized it's a system. It's a system. How much of that 16 billion you think's even getting to Ukraine? But I don't I don't go there. Right, we, I know. Reason, we, reason, yeah. Those are hypotheticals right. and assumptions. I can't entertain that space. It would drive me crazy. And so well, I only, 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 I only deal with what I can directly impact and change. That's why I, 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 I'm effective at what I do. I can't, I, I'm not a politician. I don't know a lot about what's really going on. I study, I have friends that do. So I ask and I learn, but my specialty is helping boys and men navigate through what's going on. If I can do my part as someone who is in politics, someone who is in the criminal justice field, Someone who is in government that's righteous and you do your part, I don't try to do other people's job. Yeah. Or callings. I don't answer no one's call but mine. What God called me to do, I'm doing that. However, if I could have a platform to put the right people who can speak on all these issues in that position, if we really want to get changed, okay, let me bring the right people with me and let's really dialogue and let's leave the table with some concrete uh, uh, strategies to bring forth change. But far as just, you know, I did, I'm telling you, I did that, man. And yeah. it, I lost focus of what I was called to do. And yeah. I made the greatest change when I just said, you know what? Uh, Yeshua, Jesus said it the best. He says, the poor will always be with us, but I will not. What was happening was uh, Mary was anointing him with oil, getting ready for his crucifixion. She was anointing him for what he had came to do. The disciples were mad because the oil was very expensive and they could have sold it and gave to the poor. He says, the poor will be with you, but I will not. I will always, I, the poor will always be with you, but I will not. Basically, they should have been embracing in the moment that he was there, embracing this moment, what they could be doing right now. So for me, I've learned that there will always be evil, period. As long as there's good. And not even that, like, you know, again, spiritually it's written that the ruler of this world is Satan. People don't even know that. It's written. That's why the good always catch it here. You ever notice that? I could build a rocket ship out of wood to sell drugs, and I wouldn't have no issues. It would, it would land on the moon, whatever. But let me try to save a family, pour into kids, like you're doing. Go to feed uh, children in Haiti. You'll catch more hell trying to do that. Because it's much more than what we see in the natural that's happening as well. I agree with that. Yeah, bro. And yeah. so... Again, if, if, you know, conversations are great, I like action. Yeah. And so putting the right people, the right hearts together who are specialists in their field, that's how we can really get to the solution. That's why I don't speak on a lot. I speak on what I do. Yeah. In, in reference, you, you said, you know, in a George, George Floyd situation about get off the fence and speak. You wish your friends would have done that. Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean? What do you wish your friends would Basically, have done? Basically, well... I won't even say I wish, I just say it hurt that they didn't say a word like, this is unfair, or this is evil, this is unright, you know, not right. Uh, even when I, we protested uh, George Floyd's death, it was beautiful to see all of the cultures gathered together. But, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, and your people, I hate to say, say, say white people right. were, were yeah. oppressed, right? Brought to this country, enslaved, you've raped, killed. 
Then when you get out of slavery, you try to establish your own city, then it's bombed like Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's constant, always tearing you down. And then you see a man basically die because an officer has his knee on his neck and he can't breathe. And I'm your friend. And this, everyone on social media is talking about it. And I love Sal. I eat dinner with Sal. We talk. We play games. We go to the gun range together. And I don't say a word. That says a lot to you. Silence sometimes is louder than the bomb. And that's what hurt. That's when you say, maybe we really aren't together. I see. I, I got a problem with that a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> Mike Brown happened here in St. Louis. Yes. Okay. And I actually know a lot of police officers that dealt with that guy. And he was a career criminal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Earlier that day, he had robbed a convenience store. Actually, like five minutes before the incident happened. All aside, shouldn't have been shot. Should have never happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Totally agree. Black Lives Matter started here in Ferguson. The, The organization Black Lives Matter. And it's funded by a guy named George Soros. Okay. They took all these millions of dollars from all these people here in St. Louis and they're gone. That was 2014. So when George Floyd happened and everybody was saying, give money to BLM and Black Square and this and that, I had already observed what Black Lives Matter, the organization, was about. So I said, I'm not fucking posting that because it's not the truth. Now, Black Lives Matter, the cause, the statement, the statement, amazing. I agree. March all day for that. I will march all day with that 100%. But I can't be sucked into a propaganda play that is designed to steal money for causes that have nothing to do with this real cause. Okay, you're missing the principle. No, no, no. Okay, this one's No, no, hold Okay, okay no, go ahead. Listen. When I didn't post that black square, I had hundreds of people calling my company. I had people call in my DMs calling me a racist calling me every name in the book that there could possibly be called because I knew better than to promote an organization that was, that was named creatively BLM, Black Lives Who doesn't agree that Black Lives Matter? Everybody agrees that Black Lives Matter. What I don't agree with is white, powerful people creating organizations and hashtags that are creatively placed to siphon money to do whatever they want with. And by the way, we're seeing the same thing with staying with Ukraine. Exactly. So, so now again, Andy, respectfully, you missed the principle. I, I understand everything you're saying. I've yeah. heard that argument, even from black people. Yeah. I'm talking about a man being murdered. Mm-hmm. I didn't say you post a black square. No, no, no. I'm not okay, saying uh, you. I, No, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm just saying the principle. I'm just giving you the other side. Oh, no. I'm, yeah. But that's yeah. really not where I'm going. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm talking about a man being murdered. For whatever he, what was he accused of doing? Uh, I think passing fake checks or something. And I've seen my white brothers point guns at police officers and they don't get shot at. So now, so just let me just finish this point. So what I'm saying is this. I'm not, I'm saying that for me not to hear one thing. You ain't gonna post a black and say this is not right. No, I. It was definitely not right. Okay, but, yeah, but that's, yeah. What, that's all I'm saying. Or yeah. let me go a little deeper. You can actually go back to our show. Yeah, I told him this is yeah. fucking. Okay, murder. no, I, I'm not saying you guys are. We just talking hypothetical. No, 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 yeah. no I understand. Yeah, 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 I know who you are. I wouldn't yeah. be here. But, but yeah. listen, listen, you guys, are, listen. Great. What I'm saying is, I didn't get a personal call. Yeah. 
See, it's well. In all fairness, we, just, we didn't know you yet. Uh, he's tripping. He's tripping. <laughs> but yeah, but you see what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm no, talking, I understand. Yeah, I'm talking your about point. a personal yeah. level, and so that's why I'm, I say again: you got branches, and you got the roots, mm. and we're cutting off branches, and we're start complaining about this big old tree, and we're just cutting the branches. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think Andrew's point though is it's a system, and that, that's you know he's identifying. We're being manipulated. Correct. Yeah. Manipulation, and, 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 of and it. that's a whole. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so listen. So again, that's so that's that's true, right? It's not the principle of what I'm talking. No, about. no, no. Yeah, I, I don't what, think any. I don't think. I think every single person listening agrees with exactly what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah. It made everybody upset. It caused so much problems in society that we are still now dealing with divisiveness based upon this exact scenario. But even the principle, Andy, of what I'm talking about, how my friends didn't say anything. Yeah. I'm not even talking about that. I'm still down here at this base level. Well, what should they say? Because like that would be, like I would feel weird, like I'm just being real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. Let's say this happened, and I, let's say this happened, and like I, what do I, what do I say? Hey Jay, man, you know, this first of all, this is messed up. Identify with what yeah. you're going with your pain. How can I support? Yeah. Same thing we do with when there's chaos in other countries. Yeah. No, it's reasonable. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's us. No, it's I'm not asking, even that deep. I was just talking to you as my brother because you asked a question. I just oh, want to no, ask no, that. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Bro, yeah, yeah. look, this is good to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, for real. I, yeah. I think that people have to see this conversation go down or hear mm. it to understand. Okay, like where does like because my point being is we're on that side of the fence, so mm-hmm. there's no, you know, well, in my it's, brain. It's, how do, my point, my, my whole point in it is that we, I'm of the opinion, and I'm pretty confident in this opinion, that we are intentionally manipulated to not like each other and not communicate and not learn from each other and not connect. And we, not, not, not only through the media propaganda and the political politicians know. Okay. And I'm going to get off of what we could, this is the big picture. Now these people know that if we never get together on the ground level, they get to keep their job and their position. They get to keep doing this over and over and over and over again. And when I see shady shit going down around things, just like you would, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, no, that's not right. Right. And my whole point of bringing up what do you say is like I, I'm being honest. Like I wouldn't say. And I appreciate yeah. that honesty. I mean, yeah, you know, and maybe some of my friends didn't. And I to this, it's not like I'm. We're not close. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's, I, a, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a coming from a white person. Yes, it's a heart. Like I wouldn't know what to say to an so, individual. And, so, and I had to. Like, so, now, if yeah. that was your brother, that was a family yeah. member. Okay, I can understand. But that. I consider. But yeah. I, cons- I consider anyone that I'm close with. If you're with me and I will fight or something go down. Yeah. You're like a brother to me. No, no. I was talking about like if, if George Floyd was your brother. Or oh, like okay, a, I got you. Know you. What I'm saying I, like, and, like, and so and so and so and I receive that. Yeah. I do receive that. Yeah. And but that's why you know I'm I'm okay with saying hey did I take this wrong way but this is how this bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's important. I think people are it, afraid to have dialogue at all, man. Because it's 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 um, emotionally tough that but yeah so <laughs> if you're not used to being expressing your emotions and releasing them you can't deal with feeling hurt it's going to come off like man you done pissed me off dog. Was, it, yeah i teach fight the men fight. i work with yeah tell this brother when we is some beef going on tell him he hurt you why 
because you don't trust me. And I've been down with you for 20 years. I took yeah. a bullet for you. Yeah. It hurt me that you accused me of stealing or whatever. Yeah. Because that's the root cause of that anger. The anger is yeah. a surface emotion. That's a great so that's point. That's why we can't have these conversations. As long as you slave to your emotions, you can't never really... This whole country is in fight or flight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason, wisdom. It's gone. Uh, no one is entertaining any of that. No. It's either it's either yeah. this or this. It's and high so, emotional and, and so, manipulation. And so, and so for me, you know, again, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm 52 this year, which is still young. I just don't have time to waste. Yeah. And so even, I mean, I used to be. You're doing an amazing I, 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 job, But this bro. is what I'm saying, though, bro. Yeah. I used to be heavy in the conspiracy theories. Oh, I mean, yeah. like. What I've learned is that the things that I've studied maybe 20 years ago. You mean ago, conspiracy realities? I had, some, you know, I had some theories, though. No, I had some theories. You'd be like, Jay, you tripping. Okay, no, I had some theories, all right? But no, 20 years ago. You might be surprised about that. No, I'm saying, no, I, 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 no, no. I say, you know, some people say I'm a critical thinker. So Me I get too. what you're saying, but there are some stuff out there. You're like, oh. come on, dog. You know, but listen, <laughs> listen what I'm saying. But 20 years you're ago. You're giving all us conspiracy theories a bad name. You know, listen, so 20 years, some of the same stuff is still talked yeah. about. I'm like, there's no wisdom. Something is wrong here. Yeah. And so that's my whole thing is, again, it's like I, I sit and look and I watch and say, that's a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. It's like a commercial. We got to handle the problems in front of us. I saw a commercial, yeah. um, and I don't know what company it was. It was in a women's restroom, and the faucet was just running. And all of them just staring at the, are staring at the faucet. And a little girl walks in, look at all the women staring at the faucet, and she just cuts it off and then walks out. That's society. You can fix this, the problem, but are you willing to do it? Man. And, and that's the thing. So we can talk because it's safe. We can have dialogue. That's why there's so many podcasts now. People, you can find talkers anywhere. Change makers is hard to find. Doers. Yeah. And so I don't, you can keep all of that stuff, man. Yeah. I'm I'm transforming the lives that God placed in front of me. No, I think that's how the, the problem is overcome. So you got, yeah. we got the answer. So now yeah. the, the, the key thing is, is next steps. Strategically. How do we scale that? You got to start here. Yeah. Strategically meet. We can't resolve it in, in this one episode, but we can do something. I came down here for more than an episode. You guys helped me just by me seeing how things are ran here. Well, now we're going to do, we're going to do even more together. We're going to bring, bring Absolutely. your team down. I'm going to bring my boys down yeah. here because I want them to see there's more to life than sports. Yeah. Even because I know their gift. I got kids play violin and cello. Yeah. But dude, we don't look, celebrate. We got to. Dude, look at the. This is a point I make all the time on the show that people that people forget about. You've been to Europe? No, I haven't. Okay. Yet. Well, if you go to Europe, well, you don't have to go. You can get on the internet and just look at it. Look at the buildings they built 500 years ago. Look at the shit we're building. You see what I'm saying? And we're saying, oh, it's technology. It's so amazing. That's not, that's nothing to leave our kids. Like this phone. And I tell my wife this often, this was created to make us more efficient, to actually have more time, but it's actually taken our time. It's done the it's opposite. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's created a fake identity yeah, for everybody. Yeah, and that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Now, yeah. And so, but I say that to say is that when you cut this off, all the talking, all this other stuff, the showboating, the, you know, you can get some things done. Yeah. 
Get to living. Yeah. You can get it. You can get it done. That's why, let me go back to the foundation of the conversation of family. We're not present. Yeah. We come home. You know, I was convicted for the longest. I think it was like 15 minutes a day I was spending with my son. I was at the dinner table and then we would watch a little sports. 15 minutes a day. If I, when we as old men, we start, we're sitting on our front porches, you ain't going to care about none of this you built. Mm-hmm. Only thing we're going to care about is our children and our wife. What am I going to care about? Me? I don't well, have no children. You're going to care about all those 400 children out there? That's a fact. Yeah, well, and there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's special relationships too that count. He's messing yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm teasing <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but he's going to be on the porch with us. <laughs> yeah. Look, you, you can't, not listen to this man. Yeah. Well, I, but I, think I feel that, like we've been sitting here talking to another dad. Yeah, well, for real. Uh, like, for, for us, like a brother. Well, literally, yeah. like the, you know, the connection, you know, you connect with people, right? Connection's yeah. real. And that, that, you know, when you talk about, you know, got to get the kids off the street, I, I actually want to kind of challenge the, the sport thing, you know, mm-hmm. teach them more than sport. And, and it only comes from experience, you know, because I, I actually, I view myself as colorblind that way. Mm-hmm. And the reason I view myself as colorblind is because of the locker room, because of sport. You know, I didn't, I didn't play with black kids and white kids and pink kids and you know, I play with kids. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated and you go to college, I, those were my guys. Mm-hmm. And then you play in pro ball, like those are my those are my teammates. Those are my dudes. And sport taught me to be that way, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, I have Anthony Monaghan is one of the one of the brothers I played with in Chicago. Like when all the shit broke out in Chicago, like the first call, <laughs> you know, he he is my first yeah, call. Yeah, hey, yeah. I know you. This is where you about where you live. You all right? Yeah, actually, we moved out of there. Thanks for checking in. So sport taught me that in that capacity. And, you know, I think there's a lot of good things that happen inside of the locker room and a lot of, you know, necessary things, necessary things yeah. and leadership and competitiveness. And, you know, and I'm not saying they don't happen in other environments. Yes. I'm just saying they are very prominent. Inside I agree. Of so I'm glad you brought this up, bro, because I don't want people to think that I'm anti-sports. No, I, I no, just, yeah. just I want to be clear because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm very fallible. Okay, just put too much weight in it. No, not only that, I'm just saying there aren't enough character coaches. I guess that's what I need to place more emphasis on. Sports is very powerful if you use principles and teach boys really more than just playing a game. Tie all of that to life like Vince Lombardi did. Man, you I can have a bowling league and I could transform bowling. That's right. I mean, straight, so, so. Did, did you notice this? Culture is transformed, not the sport. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. good. See, yeah. so that was my mm-hmm. only, so let me, I'm glad, I want to clarify that, and that's something I probably need to be more aware of when I'm talking, because I don't have an issue with it. I, I think it's, you it's, say it's, it right, dude. It's, it's, just, it's just so much more to it. Like, for instance, you're a prime example. Look how much time we invest in playing a game or a sport that's typically four to five years. So your entire life, could you imagine going to school your entire life for a four-year job? No. It doesn't make sense at all. The problem is sports aren't extracurricular because you can't miss practice and say, I got to study for this exam, coach, but I'll be at the game and expect to play. You see? No, and no, that's yeah, the confusion. That's, great point. that's my only thing. Sports is great, man. I love the co- competition, teaching boys how to deal with anger and disappointment. Can, you miss that shot. I'm diving right in. How are you feeling? How I you can tell you this. You there's, know, va- there's value in both of those. There's yeah. value in both the individual uh, sports, like yes. what you, you teach, yes. and also team sports. But I think, you know, <clears throat> I don't think you say it wrong, bro. Okay. I think you say it right. 
and, and and I think there should be there should be a cultural value on getting recognition for your achievements outside of sports because I grew up playing sports as well. You know, uh, Sal doesn't like to tell people this, but I was actually way better than him. <laughs> yeah. So, so That's you know, humility. It's yeah, humility. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, the 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 thing is, and like this is where I was getting back to with like the 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 traditionalism, so to speak, in terms of architecture. Mm-hmm. Right. I think these things are important, man, mm-hmm. because like like look at all the look look at look at art then and look at art now. You know, what's considered art now? Like, dude, staples a hot dog to a wall and it sells for two million. It's like, bro, come on. Yeah. yeah. Like a blank we, white canvas. Yeah, dude. We have it's yeah. like a big troll. Like yeah. everything's a troll or a yeah. joke. And what the world that we're leaving, because we value a very small amount of things to to uh I get that. Yeah. You don't have to sell it no more. No, I mean, no, no. I'm, know, I'm talking it, to the easy. No, I mean, these but, you're, guys. but you're real. Yeah. I mean, because Sal, I'm thinking about laying ceramic and marble. Yeah. Okay. Do it well. Do it the best. Listen, I've seen guys, I had one employee, because we would beat our tiles in the thin set to make sure there was no voice, okay? There was a hairline crack in one of the tiles. And he called me over. He says, you think she'll notice it? I said, that's not important. I notice it. That's right. And so I absolutely agree. I had another, we was getting Wi-Fi put throughout our building. And the guy's a friend of mine. And it was, I guess the little hot spot, whatever it's called, was in the ceiling. And um, I looked up at it. He looked up at it. He says, yeah, I know, you know, you're very meticulous. I said, oh, it's not called being meticulous. I just want it right. Because it was, he cut the hole out, but it was too big for the device. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, with that company, the maker of that device, come in here, hire a professional photographer to take a picture of the way that was installed for their brochure? No. He said, no. I said, that's not meticulous, that's being right. And so to your point, so much stuff is just able to just fly. And yeah, so when you yeah. just like this principles you guys teach around Standards, here, yeah. like pushing the chair up to the desk, like when you leave your desk, like I started believing something was wrong with me at the office. Like you tripping, you know? I said, no, it's just, it's not right. You're not there, put the chair back. What was the first thing I said to everybody in this building? We moved in here. Chair's going back. I said, if your chair is not back in that thing, you will not, you'll come back and there will be, you will not have a place to sit. You won't have a job. But it's the principle yeah, of it order. Is. But you, you, there are no principles because everything is quick fix. Yeah. It's instant. Yeah. Principles are built over time. That's right. And so I agree with you, but I'm also careful because some of the most creative things may not look as the way we wanted them or we were used to, but are Great, I'm glad they were invented. For sure. But yet to your point, a hot dog on the wall is yeah, like, come, come on, dude. dude. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a it's a uh, hard line, you know, it's really just like, hey, either this way or that way. I guess the principle is do it with integrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can you can do whether if you're an artist, paint with integrity. Yeah. You know, I build, build with integrity. If no one sees it, do you see it? All the years I laid tile, man, I didn't have any customer complaints. Yeah. I went above and beyond. And and that's just, you know, that's what, you know, again, we train in martial arts, you know. If I, like we were talking about grappling earlier. You know, I'm not, you know, we don't focus on just jujitsu, but I love the principles in jujitsu. And while most of my friends practice jujitsu, when you teach a boy not to let someone take your back, in life, there's so many principles you can tie to that. Always keep your problems in front of you. 
and we train that way. So now it's downloaded. So when you're grappling, you know not to give anyone your back. And in life, you know to keep things in front of you. And that's why when you teach principles, it may take you longer in the cave, but you can go in the gym and train and pick up from another teacher. Like, man, how do you learn so fast? Because I know the why to why this works. And that's the key. And as men, we have to teach our kids patience, the long road. Like my son, I didn't know... I didn't know my son, man, uh, I put pressure on him to perform because unknowingly I didn't. But because of all the things I'm able to accomplish, he's like, man, I can't do nothing. You know, dad can do it instantly. And I, it hit me one day. I said, oh, son, I get it. You're looking at the finished product. My daughter saw the work. So my daughter, hardworking, I mean, she handles her business in California. My son sees the finished product. So now I have to go back as much as my body aching, as tired as I am, to show him the process. And so I really don't even blame my children. I blame the adults again. Are we really spending enough time with the children of this generation to show them the process? Or are we too busy on our phones and iPads? You go to the average, go out to eat with your family. Everybody's on their phones. When you get home, you won't need a TV in the bedroom no more. We got iPads. So who's really to blame for the culture being the way it is? And that's why I say, you know, look in that mirror, man. And, and, and I love the way Yeshua, Jesus said it. He says, don't be a hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brothers. So when you, you kind of, I'm in the mirror. Those are some very I, specific words. I stopped, plank and yeah, speck. It's a big difference. Yeah. I stopped judging people. Because I kept seeing planks in my own eye. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until I can remove it am I able to help them remove theirs. When you're dealing with someone's eye, it'll be very sensitive. You can't just say, let me get that out your eye, man. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> grab it out. Blow it out. Even, you know, you can just, I could just tap on your eyelid and it can hurt you. That's how we're supposed to be with each other when we're struggling. When we got things in our life that for some reason it's just, it's just too much, it's controlling us. It's an addiction. We can't do that. We have to be patient and say, let me, give, me, give me a moment. I can get, I can see now. Let me get this out your eye. And then what's sweet, also sweet about that is that we know what it feels like to have something even bigger in our eye. So when we do that, man, you stop judging. You stop complaining about your children. I remember when COVID first happened, the pandemic, the teachers was upset at uh, my son because he had had some missing assignments. Great teachers, don't get me wrong, because it was I was it was difficult to transition from in person to virtual. It was very hard if you're a caring teacher. And I told the teacher, I say, listen, um, I want you to know that there will always be an asterisk by 2020 when this report card. When you scroll to the bottom, it's gonna say pandemic. What I mean by that is that you will not pressure my son into doing school the way he did when he was in person when we're in the midst of a pandemic. That conversation allowed me to speak more with them and they was able to help them teach more because, again, we're performance-based as a people. When they were saying, wait a minute, let me adapt to this. That's why I hate I found jujitsu so late. You have to adapt. How Everything. old were you when you found it? 2004. So I was 30, 34, I think. And then I didn't take it serious because, again, you're still coming out your tradition, the hands, you know, you want to look sweet with the kicks. But jujitsu nullifies that. Yeah. So I didn't really get serious, man. I would say until 2000 and Tyrone, I met him. 
2013. You maybe. say Woodley? Tyrone. Oh, that's, I, I text Tyrone Woodley. I know. He told he you? Text me too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, he was, he's pissed off. He's in Hawaii. Listen, well, that's a beautiful brother there. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a beautiful dude, I know. brother. Yeah. But um, um, I forgot. What was I saying, man? We shifted so much. But um, what was I saying? What's you that? were you were talking about uh, <clears throat> um, jujitsu, discovering it, and when you started taking this. Two thousand. When you started, Tyron. Yeah, yeah, but then prior to that, because I forgot how I got yeah, yeah. there. I, well, got anyway, you, I got you off track, bro. It's okay, man. But yeah, but you know, again, just um, I guess the principle of this whole conversation, yeah. man, is making sure we as adults and men are modeling what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if we can. Grasp that and, of course, spend time with our children. And then another thing, man, and this is going to be hard. We haven't talked about marriage. You know, a lot of times we worry about Cain and Abel, but not Adam and Eve. And so um, I share this, and I shared it with you, Sal, I believe. Or I think I shared it with you. My wife recently, man, just had a something just uh, came up in her. She did some introspective work. And, man, 30 years of words and things I would say to her that was negative started coming out. She hadn't gotten over, but she would suppress it just to keep the marriage going. So we went to our, our psychotherapist, our marriage counselors. I'm so thankful I am where I am now because each session was five hours. So imagine sitting across from your wife and hearing the words that you said to her that actually shaped the way she think about herself. As men, we have to get to the place where we don't run from those conversations anymore. That's why so many marriages fail like 25 years, 30 years. Why did you get divorced now? Because now you're tripping over the lump that you hid for so long under the rug. So my wife and I, we never wanted to be that couple. And I was able to say like, man, I couldn't even remember half the stuff. I just said, I'm sorry. You're not that. You know, and, and man, when, you, when men can get there, I, mean, I, I really believe you not only see our communities change, but the world. When we can actually live from our hearts instead of our egos, man, it's, it, it's, it's the sky's the limit, man. Things would drastically change. And that's my mission, and I, you know, I'm going to stay focused on it. How can people support that mission? Um, our nonprofit is called The Union. It's spelled with a, a Y in front of it. So our website is uh, theunion.org, that's T-H-E, the letter Y, then the word union.org. And you can donate there. Um, we, we're renovating our second floor, creating a computer lab, a multi-purpose room, a health and wellness room where we help kids release trauma as well through there, through uh, neurofeedback, counseling, as well as meditation. And uh, we also have a, a film studio as well there to teach them how to start podcasts and other things where they can generate income that aligns with their passion. And then, of course, the Cave of Odellum is the top floor. Um, the entire third floor is the cave. And, you know, you can support uh, a child who can't afford tuition there, you know, because, again, we have to keep our lights on. And so a lot of our donors who I'm so thankful for, they sponsor a kid. I said, well, right now we're good. They say, I don't care. I'm going to pay this a month, and you let me know when they're ready. And so that's how they can support us, and that would be uh, truly a blessing so we can continue to Again, do what we can, what we're called to do. That's awesome, man. Thanks, man. Thank well, you. Dude, I've, this has been, uh, you have a gift, by the way. I, kn- I know you probably are aware of this, but you have a, a, an amazing gift to open perspectives and make people think about things in a different way. And uh, <clears throat> this show has been, I mean, 
probably the show I've said the least about on every, the 600 episodes I've ever done uh, for a reason. And I just want to thank you, man, and, and, and commend you for the work that you're doing and say that it's very much appreciated. We talk a lot on this show about handling the problems right in front of you. And you're the living embodiment of that. Um, I, I love the focus on it. I love that you're so focused and you understand. Because, dude, that's where I'm coming to. You know, I'm coming to the, I'm coming to the point where the, the mountain is so big and so overwhelming that I'm realizing that I can only control what's right in front of me. And if I do try to worry about the mountain problem, it'll never get fixed because mm. I'm just looking at the mountain. And uh, that's no difference in building a business or building a physique or building your mentality or building anything. And, um, dude, I just, I, I, this has been a wonderful experience, man. I'm really glad that you came down to be on the show. Thank you. I'm honored. And um, I'm really humbled, man. When I say it's, it's not me, it's, it's he who was in me. It's all God, man, because... I know who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm thankful that I can be used in a way to, to give people hope and different perspectives uh, without everyone staying in fight or flight. Uh, I just want change, man. I don't want to waste time no more, man. Yeah. You know, and so thank you. That means a lot. You know, I, I, uh, affirmation, I, I've learned to receive it instead of always deflecting it, deflecting it and saying, mm -hmm. you're doing great, you're doing great. Yeah. Um, because that's what helps me keep going when things get tough. So thank yeah. you. Well, it, 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 it's, it's not, uh, it's not mm -hmm. chatter. It's mm -hmm. real stuff. And, uh, if you guys follow this man and you watch anything that he does, uh, or read what he's about, um, you are, you are the change that's needed, brother. You are. Mm -hmm. And, um, anybody listening right now who is, is understandably confused and upset by what's going on in the world. Like we say all the time, man, it's handling what's in front of you and it's, mm -hmm. it's making the people better that are in front of you and it's pouring into the people that are in front of you. And if we all do that, things collectively will get better. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for making the trip mm -hmm. to be on the show. We'll, we'll do this again. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll be back. I, I want to bring the boys down here to see yeah. all this great work you're doing and then the principles. Man, I haven't seen a piece of trash anywhere. Yeah. I thought I had you. I went into the restroom. Restroom. <laughs> I said, I see paper on the ground. But when I looked closer, it was the logo on the mat in front of the urinal. I said, this, I said, this is ridiculous. I mean, seriously, man. And I mean, but that stuff is so important, man. Yeah, well, we yeah. teach that here too. Just like you teach the, the like you were talking about the, the Wi-Fi in the yeah. ceiling, right? You know, what people have to understand when it comes to these, these skills, skills of discipline, skills of doing things the right way, all of the things that we are confronted with on a daily basis contribute to those skill sets being present inside of us, right? So I'm a bit, like, I'm weird about it. Like you, like you said, oh, we could talk some, like, I'm a weirdo. Like, if I see a speck of paper on the floor, I don't think it's a speck of paper. I look at it and I say, if I don't pick that up, man, I'm going backwards. And it's been hard to get here. So I don't want to go backwards. Hey. So I still, all those little details, it, it like you said, it's not being meticulous. It's just being the way it should be. Do people don't understand Disney World did the, had the same model. Yeah. Uh, I worked at a charter school in Detroit, one of the best. When they first opened, I did security there. The kids did not want to leave. He made it like Disney World. And I asked the, the, the CEO, I'm like, well, what is it? He was like, you ever seen litter at Disney World? I said, no. He says, you won't see litter here. It makes people feel more valuable. Yeah. And they're in a special place. And so 
when I walked in here, I told my uh, program director, I said, man, there's no trash anywhere, not a piece of paper, even in the lunchroom, where you, you can expect to see something. You find some, you come get me. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you find some, you but, better pick but, it up. But, 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 hey, but even that, you know, and and I don't want to just just keep hammering this point, man. But this is deep. So when I went into your workout area, all the dumbbells were in order and at in the right place, and then turned the correct way. Mm-hmm. So when DJ was showing me this, he was like, "Man, doing this or this being out of order could probably cost you your job." People may not understand what you're really teaching them, but see if they move on from here to somewhere else. Say everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but they understand that's very hard. When you become one, you realize how important the principles are that you teach. And I just take my hat off, man. That's why I want my boys to come, not only to dream big, but to see the principles. Do you see anything out of order in here? And I want you to go back to your rooms and tell me, does it line up with the principles you just saw? And then does it even line up with the dream you want to attain? So until we do I those things. I look at things, all so. those things, dude, as an investment in what we're doing. Like, I look at, here's how I look at it, man. If I walk past that piece of paper, I just lowered my standard. So like, just mm-hmm. like a video game, it has speed 99. I say discipline 99, okay? And when I walk by that and I don't do anything about it, I just went to 90, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and if I do pick it up, I get to keep my standard up there, mm. right? That's what Sal said. Remember yeah. said, don't give on your standard? Don't give. Man, yeah, standard man. And hold. Yeah. I, I, I see trash blow into our property. Yeah. I grab my orange Home Depot bucket and my the little thongs to pick up trash. Because I feel if I walk by it, it's like God is like, are you being a good steward of what I've given you? Right. I go grab that. Clean it up. Yep. I said, today's CEO stands for custodian. That's the right. C stands for custodian. I don't care, man. You know, and so, again, man, like I said, you know, this is this is amazing, man. I, I uh, kind of wish you could, like, have a model to teach business owners because I haven't walked in a place like this, I don't believe, in my life. Thank oh, you. I mean, I'm straight up. I'm yeah. serious. And, like, it's nothing in here, man. Like, the glass. <laughs> I was, this is what I was waiting on. This is funny. We, we had lunch together, me, DJ, and Sal. And so, you know, it's glass table. It's beautiful. For those who listen, they got their logo lit up in the glass table. And we're eating lunch at this table. So when we finished, I said, I'm like, who cleans the table? Because it's glass. DJ grabs a spray. I'm like, he got it up immediately. That's what it takes. Yeah. Got to hold the line, man. Teamwork makes the dream oh, work. Oh, man, baby. it's just. Well, it means a lot that you value that. Because that scoots over a lot of people's heads. Well, I know, uh, I know you get it. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's uh, <laughs> we cut it the same cloth. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's just it. I went to baseball practice yesterday. And what? There was only one person picking up trash in the field. You? That's right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I man. Just can't stand it. I'm the hope is, the hope is, the hope is, the next practice there'll be two or three. Now that's it. And they see, they see you. Yeah. They yeah. see you. Yeah, like you know, I remember the charter school. If the CEO was picking up trash. Woo! It was a problem, boy. I mean, like you try to beat him. I, like, I got it. it. I got it. Because he's in these nice suits. Yeah. He's in the grass grabbing and said, no, this is what I said need to be done. Maybe yeah. I got the wrong staff. Yeah. You know, and so, man, I commend you. This is it's just well, amazing. Yeah. Thank awesome. you, man. I, and, and we commend you back. I, 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 we re- I can speak for all of us. We really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Um, and it may not get the accolades, the big accolades and the big, you know, all mm-hmm. these things. What you're doing is what really matters, man. And um, 
thank you for doing it. Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yep, definitely. So, guys, that's the show. If it brought you some value, if it made you think, if it made you see a new perspective, if it taught you some things, if you thought it was worth sharing, please share the show. Uh, that's how we grow the show. So, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. On the flow, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on.